From the Mount Smart faithful to the bandwagon supporters and everyone in between, we share a special bond. The Warriors. And who better to talk about the team we love than a bunch of nobodies? Let's go, because this is Warriors Anonymous. Welcome to Warriors Anonymous. Man, it's been a bit of a week uh, for myself. Uh, and uh, and I uh, hear it's been a big week as well for the Warriors, <laughs> which is nice. Uh, let's bring in the boys. My name is Jerry Cronin. And let's bring in our expert panel to talk about uh, what happened on Friday night. Actually, before we do that, I'm going to start. Last week, we started off with a movie quote. Um, and I'm going to do that again for this week because the Sauce Boys will know this one all too well. From the movie Passenger 57. Always bet on black. That's all I got to say, man. As soon as I saw us wearing the black and silver, I was like, oh, yeah, we're all good. We're all good. I also got to say, um, I was a little bit late on catching up with the result uh, on, on Friday because, you know, just catching up and watching the game. But I did manage to catch, uh, I avoided social media, but I saw our group message. And I saw a message from Daniel saying, uh, I was always weirdly calm. And that was all I saw out of the whole message. And so from that point, I thought, oh, we must have won. So I'm watching this game, and as, as it turns out, I was weirdly calm just from having seen that message. But um, <laughs> yeah, but uh, um, <laughs> how are you going, bro? <laughs> oh, I'm good, bro. But congratulations to you, bro. You're in the Fano. Thanks, bro. With the little man. So just announced everyone their new addition to the Warriors Anonymous podcast, please. Yes, that's right. Um, born on uh, Thursday night, um, Julius Dailulu Cronin. Uh, he's uh, the the other the, well the the last of the the Mohicans, last uh, of the Cronin line, uh, as I was, as my uh, my father was as well. So um, yeah, it was sort of keeping the name going, which is uh, which is really cool. Um, so yeah, really really happy. He's um, super chill little individual, uh, but also in a you know, he came into the world in a bit of a hurry as well. So uh, sort of he's a, he's a bit of a, um, an irony in himself, but uh, he's he's doing really well. Um, Myself and Lolo, we don't really know which way is up at the moment. <laughs> we got the uh, got the family around for uh, for celebrations. So uh, if you hear a bit of noise in the background, it's uh, that's the Fano uh, um, meeting the, uh, Choice, the young bro. fella. So um, yeah, so I, I did catch a couple of the comments and had, haven't actually had time to really respond or anything. But um, I think uh, I saw one comment on there saying that he was you know he'd qualify for the green and golds, and I was like, oh, hang on, hang on, guys. <laughs> oh, he's got options. He's got yeah, options, that's right. Though, isn't yeah. he? I think we can win a deal. We'll just go. All right, you play uh, Warriors Club. Uh, you play Tonga International, and uh, go play State of Origin if you want as well, son. Uh, it's all good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, boy. I think that's a fair deal. Um, but uh, Moneta Sospar, how are you? Um, how are you doing, my man? I'm good. I'm good. Um, I think there's a perfectly good reason why you can uh, <laughs> see the game on Friday. So <laughs> I think we can let you go in that one. But you know. Congrats to you, man. And uh, I hope the, yeah, you don't feel a pinch too much of the like, sleep or anything like that. It's yeah. our nature's bigger. Yeah, it's yeah that's right. It's, uh... yeah. All I can say is... <laughs> Only just begun. Only just begun. Just begun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a funny job, isn't it? It's like, uh, you know, the the hours are around the clock and the pay is awful, but uh, it's the best job in the world, so... Um, anyways, um, Isaac, uh, I understand the Sostradamus has struck again, bro. What's, uh, what's been doing? 
Uh, hey boys. Uh, so yeah, put the post up on Facebook. The old call of Web Lasso got pinched, <laughs> pinched from me by Tohu Harris. He's obviously yeah. a listener. Hey. Yeah. Oh, that sounds pretty clever. Oh, call him Web Lasso. <laughs> Web Lasso, I fucking yeah, cracked when I, I heard it, that. I picked it, yeah, but obviously I was onto something, so yeah, felt pretty good about that. Yeah, nice, bro. And thank you, thank you to Tohu for listening in and uh, taking note. <laughs> I think my other prediction was Halome uh, Olokoatu having a bit of a stormer, but he also fucked up at the end, which helped us win. So, yeah. He kind of uh, had a storm in a teacup, I, I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> that guy's a, a big boy, though. Yeah. He's, he's not small. Yeah. Well, the Web Lasso one's classic because it must have worked at half time. That's all I can say. So, and yeah. here's a big guy, Olokoatu, because he can have the whole tattoo of his surname. Up his leg. It just shows you how long he is. Hey, <laughs> got some long ass well, legs. You, Isaac, you could just have a sauce and it'd be sauce. <laughs> yeah, I got, I got enough space to just tattoo that on my bald spot. So yeah. <laughs> Funny oh, thing, though, this is completely off topic. I was at the supermarket the other day, and we were just buying some drinks. And I got. They asked me for ID, and I seriously just stood there and went, "Huh? <laughs> what?" And I, I, I was stuttering. I was like, I, I just got my, my driver's license renewed. I finally got my temporary license. I don't know what's going on here. Are you sure you need me? You need me to get ID. And then I did the old look. Does it help if I do this? <laughs> <laughs> and in case you, you didn't see that on the YouTube and you're just listening to this, I tilted my head forward so you could see the sun beaming off my head. And they went, yeah, that helped. And then they let me get away with it. That's and, a compliment, eh? Yeah, I took it as a compliment. And the guy next to me goes, it must have felt pretty good, you know. Uh, <laughs> but it's been a while since you've been asked that. I was like, yep, about 15 years or so. Oh, so. bro, celebrate yeah. that. That's a that's a great one. Yeah, I, I didn't. I had something similar, but it wasn't on that regard. It was like someone asked me, are, are you a uh, guitar? Do you play the guitar? <laughs> no, and I was like, no, nah, man, I, I, I don't play the guitar. <laughs> oh, okay. Because your fingernails are so long. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <Wolverine. Rain. laughs> I reach today. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, quite the week of surprises <laughs> this week. Run, shit, guys. Did you scratch his face off after that? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I went like Wolverine. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, that's a, that's a fantastic start to the episode. Um, <laughs> plenty of chat uh, from the, uh, the game, um, you know, following on from Friday. Uh, a lot of it centering around the uh, the Ruben Garrick mid-year fiasco. Um, I'd love to yeah. get your guys' thoughts on this, um, just to see. You know, we'll just go around. We'll start with you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, what what was your overall take on that situation as it happened? Look, to be the way I've thought about it this whole weekend about it. Um, my initial take was, oh, we're in trouble here. He's in trouble. As in, uh, chance is in trouble. Chance, chance in charge. Um, and then I've I heard the kind of oh, it's ball bouncing around. There's no tackle, sort of tackle on the air dynamics going on. So I thought, oh, hold on. And then, then we obviously got away with it. So um, very, I felt like very lucky. And yes, I think there's a loophole in the laws for that. Um, put it this way: if the shoe was on the other foot, I'd be fucked off. Because mm. I, I guess. Player safety at the end of the end of the um, end of the day, um, they kind of deemed the fact that he landed on his back 
that and it was accidental, then there was nothing, no issue. But if he had actually landed on maybe on his head or his neck area, there could have been some sort of repercussion to chance. So, yeah, um, kind of got lucky. Um, and then since and after that, obviously we we ran away with the game. So um, yeah, maybe there's a bit of a gap in the in the officiating. Yeah, and it's it's funny as well because I think the uh, the NRL basically said as much in their statement. Uh, the way they kind of justified it. And it was like, well, they were basically saying there's a gap in the laws without saying there's a gap in the laws. And you see it as well from other incidents, uh, like um, I think, you know, guys like Nelson, that's off of Solomon, gets away with all sorts of shenanigans. And I think a lot of the time he just gets away with it because there's no actual rule against, you know, whatever random stuff he's doing. Not suggesting at all that Chance uh, meant to do what he was doing uh, at all, but um, Moneta, there, there is probably another gap I'd like to bring up because it's all well and good for you know Manly to feel aggrieved about the fact that they didn't get a penalty. Um, I sort of would balance that up with the fact that there's a bit of a loophole where they can throw a forward pass and it can be clearly forward uh, and the referee and the bunker can review it all they want, but they can't overrule it. So, would you think that may be a gap in the rules and also something to just counter that manly argument? Yeah, I, and I think you can, to that player, I thought you could also add obstruction. Um, mm. If you took what, the tribe of Metcalf, I was like, okay, if they, you know, the one they didn't give to Metcalf, considered obstruction, I would have thought, okay, took out Pompey out of a play. I'll bet, you know, might have not made much of an impact to get to the, the edge, but definitely took him out of play or made or impacted on his effort. And then you put on top of that the forward pass. And when I gave it a try, that's when I went inconsistency. And that's like I said, I think, you know, it goes back to the consistent cause. And that's where I get a bit aggrieved is where it's inconsistent. And so I was just like, okay. <laughs> so um, there's, I think there's a number of things. But yeah, I, I agree with Daniel on the call um, um, that, you know, Charles did it accidentally, but if the shoe was on the other foot. Um, I'm pretty sure I would have been blown off myself. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> deluxe. Yeah. Now, um, yeah. Uh, Moneta just mentioned um, the the disallowed Metcalf try. That was another interesting one as well. I wasn't even going to bring that up. But um, Isaac, did you think that maybe, um, uh, maybe Daddy Cherry Evans just played it perfectly on defense? That's why I hate him. Like he's actually a very clever, um, very experienced player, and he knew all he had to do was take himself out of the game, as in run into somebody, and would be called obstruction to the letter of letter of the law. I mean, yeah, the Ruben Garrick thing as well, letter of the law. Like that, that's a rule. It's a bounce ball. It's not a on the full catch. So, chance, you know, well within his rights to make an attempt to tackle him. Um, yeah, but then again, to Manier's point, the inconsistency with Pompey as well being taken out. I mean, yeah, but Daly Cherry Evans just smart enough to know that he can get away with it, and they you know, pretty much caught it back straight away. As much as you hate to see it, um, yeah, that's that's the way the game is. Slightly off topic, when it comes to, to Cherry Evans, you know where they do that lip-syncing thing, the NRL lip-syncing, they do it in all sorts of sports? Voiceover, yeah. Yeah, they never change his actual voice, though, do they? Yeah. <laughs> hey guys, it's a little, little. Oh, hey, how are you? All right, right on. <laughs> but, uh, I used to love 
uh, Jeff Toovey's voice, that gruffly voice. That's what Seabold was like after the game, <laughs> though. Oh, he wasn't happy, was yeah. he? Yeah, right. It was a wonderful uh, investigation. To, to Daly's credit, um, he was really good, eh? Post match, like uh, on the field. Mm. He said, you know, season's over. We came, we lost a really good Warrior side in the crowd. And he's pretty good at that, to be fair. Um, yeah. I don't hate him as, I, as much as I used to. I only hate him like uh, because every time he plays the Warriors, and you know, every time Manly play the Warriors, they've won. I mean, I think there was a stat uh, of the seventeen times that Manly have led at halftime, they won. And when I saw that, I was like, "Fuck!" Like that's not what you want to hear. Um, but we managed to, you know, change history and turn that stat around. It's another hoodoo. Yeah, another hoodoo. We've broken. It's another group. But yeah. DC was definitely uh, gracious in defeat, and he even said, you know, a, a good plug for the Daniel Anderson round. So good on him. Yeah, you know. yeah he's a champion. Yeah. Uh, while we are um, staying off topic as well, Daily Cherry Evans, I reckon he could wear any turtleneck shirt in the world, and it would not look like a turtleneck with that that elongated neck of his. He's undefeated versus turtlenecks. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Bless him. I wish I had a longer neck too. Anyways, um, uh, heading into the game on uh, on Friday, um, bit of a late withdrawal. Jazz Tevanga ruled out for two to three weeks, so not season ending. I have it mm. on good authority. So I guess he got ruled out, and then it was scare hammy scans, and you know that's the is that the scariest thing in a footballer's kind of season to understand the severity of your hamstring mm. strain or tear. Because it just varies, eh? The grades just go deeper and deeper and deeper as well. So I'm sure there's other scary injuries. But, um, yeah, it was only deemed potentially two to three weeks. So, yeah, he'll be back in the finals. Uh, the the recent round in the NRL was Daniel Anderson round. You know, massive support for, uh, you know, an absolute legend from the Warriors Club, among others as well. Guys had a great imprint on the game. Um, and there's, there's currently uh, fundraisers, I believe, still going on. Awesome prizes up for grabs too, uh, if you haven't um, got amongst that. Um, but for setting the scene at you know Go Media Stadium, aka Daniel Henderson Stadium on Friday night, um, Isaac, bro, how how epic was the crowd on Friday night? That was that sounded amazing. Oh, I think um, the organisation is just doing a really good job of putting it on for those sorts of events. I mean, you had all the old old boys there. You had the crazy light show at halftime. I mean. Yeah, he's deserving of it. He's a big part of the Warriors' um, you know, uh, folklore and history. That he, you know, he really deserved that sort of um, support. So, yeah, and just full credit to the Warriors organization for being put on. You know, it's really the hottest ticket in town at the moment. Everyone's jumping on the bandwagon for good reason. Um, the Warriors are just a. It's just an amazing product for New Zealand sport. So, sold out already from. Uh, the next game sold out. Yeah, and and they, unfortunately, they couldn't get Moneta's favorite De Hamo to do the um <laughs> to the winning to the winning song. But they've obviously got Savage. They've brought we Savage into into the fold to really drive out the uh you know the winner's song as well, which I think gets being played quite a bit. The crowd is singing at the end of the game, which sounded no, awesome. no. I was hoping they got Ben Lummis. Oh, and Michael Murphy as well, or. Combined, do it. <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, from the second season. Um, Chiquita, oh, what's his name? Um, 
Ah, there was another contestant. Oh, I can't remember. And one of the judges like pulled out this little sly call on her, and I was like, oh, that's so cringy. That's so cringy. <laughs> Who remembers New Zealand Idol? I'm sorry. <laughs> that's right. Crazy days. Uh, I've got to say as well, watching that intro to the game, I know there's been a bit of chat in recent times about, you know, whether Auckland should be able to host an Anzac game, you know, between us and Melbourne Storm. And my, you know, my sort of... Um, reservation on that was the fact that we wouldn't be able to make it as much of a spectacle as Melbourne have been you know in recent times well 100% I backtrack on that because what we're doing at the start of the games is amazing and I, I don't know if any club is um is beating us with that at the moment or banners my goodness our banners <laughs> <Better> <laughs> game, never oh. disappoint you the one about the big johnson yes <laughs> Was it never mind having a big chin or something when we got a big chin? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, it's so rem- it's just so reminiscent of those old banners that you used to have in World Series <laughs> cricket. That those always crack me up, eh? You know, yeah. the Aussie team. We must warn you, there will be a war. It's just war. like, oh, he's so terrible, but so good. You know, yeah. you'd always see one at the at the G or something like that. I was like, oh, it's great. Yeah. One that's really left a mark on me from uh, you know earlier rugby league times uh, was for Mark Gaznia <laughs> cooking with Gaz. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know why oh, that hit yeah. me so hard, but um, yeah, I've always really <laughs> cooking with yeah, Gaz. <laughs> stupidity, but uh, <laughs> but I love it. Um, on to positive matters. Um, uh, Dallin Watson's Lesniak is is a freak. Um, Moneta, you are our resident three quarter, our speed man. And, um, mate, I don't know if you've ever had a, a, a mullet quite like that, but uh, but how good is he going? Oh, he is going soul glow good. <laughs> like, he's just, like, shining all the way through. I'm using lyrics. I'm trying to use lyrics on the actual song, but, yeah, he's doing, he's doing he's great. He's a super freak. Um, super freak. He's super freak. <laughs> he's got Rick James hair. Ow. He's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> but anyways, um, you know, his tries, eh? Just, I don't think any other winger could pull off what he does in terms of the acrobatics in the corner. Um, it's amazing. And that one try where he, it didn't actually, you know, go to the side of the corner. He, he bumped off, like, a couple of players and just steamrolled through to, you know, put down that try. But um, I think the thing to point out is I think, well, was it Webster said that it's not only his attack but his defence has been absolutely key in regards to how he's improved as a player. And I think it kind of shows um, his defense. He just is reading the plays better and stuff like that. I remember last year I used to go off my rocker about him coming in too early and stuff like that. But like now he's just like become one of the best wingers. And Webster says he's one of the best wingers in the game. And I'm starting to agree with the things that he can do. So it's just, I don't know. Sensational, yeah. <laughs> it's great to see him. Great to see him reaching his potential as well. And also, like that um, was it the first try where he beat about you know forty five tackles. Like that's that's sort of a bit of a throwback to him when he was coming up through the grades and um, you know in his early oh, NRL so because he was a tough carrier man. He ran hard. He still does at the moment, but he's become maybe more of a finesse type winger. So to see him get one of those you know bustling kind of tries was. But he, but he's there at the right time, like. Yeah, he just catches the ball, but he knows where to be at the right time. And you've seen many times, like, yeah, you know, some wingers just aren't there when, when required, but he's, he, he places himself at those right moments. So, yeah, no, nah, he's, 
he's effing off. It's awesome. <laughs> now, uh, one thing that is helping uh, Dallin get into the corner is, uh, is the, the man playing inside him. Uh, we, we gave him a bit of a hard time for the past couple of years, but uh, young Rocco Berry, or Ray Rocco. Uh, Ray Rocco. Ray Rocco. <laughs> I, I love these notes. Uh, whoever's put in Rocco soft hands and hard carries, like that's uh, it's just beautiful. It's it's almost musical. <laughs> um, so yeah, was it was it you put that in Buddha? Or? Yeah, bro. I just thought he had beautifully soft hands for that um, that first try as well. But I thought in particular this game, his carries at a yardage. You know, often. Um, I feared for him going into the meat of the of the uh, defence. You know, I had the storm. He'd get pinged back a little bit, but he's. I guess he's running with a bit more intent. Maybe a little bit. You know, that learning a little bit late footwork at the line to kind of just get you. Yeah, pokes your nose through as well. So I thought he did that really, really well. Um, mm. And and I was just going to say before, just building a good combination with Dallin. And Dallin said that Webby said that you know the he's coming along a long way as well. So. Um, you had a standout game, I reckon. Yeah, nice. I remember we uh, even you joked about Rocco in our first season, saying that uh, he and I had a near identical uh, physique. Um, and I can't help but feel in the couple of years since that he might have maybe grown a little bit taller, I might have just sort of grown a little bit horizontally <laughs> taller. <laughs> um, now, uh, aiding uh, what what was going on, you know, right at the end is that attacking shape on the you know the, the right side, especially. You know, three really well taken tries. Isaac, what are you seeing in in that area? I think it's no coincidence that there was that cohesion with uh, CNK back. I mean, there's no knock on Tain Tuapiki. I mean, he's been a pretty good uh, stand-in for while CNK's been injured, but immediately, you know, it's just sort of got that flow to it. You know, whether he's featuring or not. Um, yeah. That that right side's just lethal at the moment. It's kind of reminiscent of the South Sydney left hand side, right? You know what's coming. You've been watching it all week at practice and on video, um, but there's still no way to defend it. So it's just awesome to see that every time it goes out to the right hand side, you just feel that there's a there's a chance. Um, so yeah, I think it's just that cohesion and that understanding of who needs to be where, and then obviously Rocco. And his level of confidence and his uh, level of skill helps as well, but um, yeah, it's it's just a it's just it's just beautiful to watch. Right? Every every week we're on, we're seeing it, and it's just you never get tired of it. Apart from the uh, the weirdly calm sensation that had come over me for most of the game, um, Moneta, did you feel like we were maybe going to lose that? Yes, I, I must admit, last ten minutes I was. Not sitting down. <laughs> I mean, it was, yeah, and a couple of calls I thought, oh, no, here we go. Um, but, yeah, it was one of those tight games, and I think I always knew it was going to be a tight game. I mean, you saw the week before, they actually put up, put up a bit of a good fight with uh, Penrith, and they only ended up losing by 10. And uh, I thought if we were going to lose any game out of a six, this one would probably be the one. Um, but, yeah, we... You know, we 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 got it at the end, which is great. And like I said, we think about the old Warriors. Um, I'm pretty sure we wouldn't have been able to show that same composure, and um, we we knocked it through. So yeah, but I, I was still bloody screaming shit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was swearing, screaming. Yeah. So I didn't quite show the composure that 
Daniel probably had, but I was bloody <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Mr. Zen over here. <laughs> I was weird. Oh, I was weird. God. Maybe because I was watching it by myself in the lounge. Just like, you know, like normally I'm, you know, surrounded with father-in-law and we're yelling at the screen. But I just felt like we've always got a chance. And I, and I just, uh, reflecting on the second half in totality, it was a really good second half. We played really well. We, we probably didn't. We were sort of matching meters for meters as well, set for set in areas. But there was a, something about me thinking Manly is just chancing a lot. They're the throwing a lot of stuff out here. And, and that, that second half of well, the, the sort of second part of the first half, it all landed for them. You know, they kind of got lucky with it. Um, and you can't, you can't just get lucky all the time like that. So there were a few things they tried that didn't come off. Um, and I just had a feeling. I mean, obviously, we got lucky with the, the chance thing, but you know, effort to charge down—that's amazing. Uh, Garrett misses a kick before that, anyway. Um, and then, yeah, I just thought we broke, probably broke the back of them, um, literally, because I think he's fucked his back, hasn't he, Garrick? And then, yeah, I, I don't know. I just felt SJ gets into a little control mode, eh? kicks to the corners, you know, and just tightens us up. And the other thing I mentioned, I put in the notes there too, is. I thought Curran and Ciro added much-needed mm. energy, real fresh guys coming into the sort of, you know, the middle stages of the second half, and that was that was key because I think we were flagging a little bit then, and bam, you know, we got that much-needed energy. Yeah, they were getting easy metres, A eh, for a, quite a long period of time until we had a bit of an injection of energy in Ciro and Curran. And Ciro, I mean, on the back of playing most of the game last week at nine and then shifting into the second row and still beyond being able to do a job. Like he's booked himself a spot on that bench, right? Moving, moving forward for the rest of the season. Like you'd want to have him on the bench because he covers so much. He's just, yeah, got a really good skill set to him. And he, yeah, he was just energetic. The leading kick chase as well. I think it's the key part. So when we got, you know, good, good kick down there, they, they were the first couple of tackles. As well, and Jackson Ford does it as well. Tin tends to do it pretty well. The amount of times Ford has kind of tackled guys running out of dummy half just wraps them up as well. Yeah. So they might be a little smaller, but you know, they bring a lot of energy. They made up the role of Jazz Tavanga between them almost, Ciro and Curran, because obviously mm. got it to lose Tavanga, but that also opened up the door for Lusick to come in, which was a bit of a you know a stroke of luck as well with uh. Wayne Egan going down. Wayne. <laughs> so, yeah, the bench makeup was pretty good for this week. It worked out. And, yeah, Moneta, it's it's a real mark of the team, and it has been for the whole season, that we lose a guy in the middle. We lose Wade for the, most of the game. Uh, then we lose Montoya towards Wayne. the end of the game. But we're still able to adjust with the guys that we've got to. to throw, sorry, did I say that wrong? Wade. Wayne. <laughs> Wayne Egan. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Monita, what are you seeing in terms of our, how we are able to adjust with the guys we've got? I think it just shows the depth that we've had. But I, it also, I think it shows a lot of how Webster's installed a lot of like, you know, belief in all these players. Uh, um, you know, there's, you know, we didn't get any like superstar signings. I remember we were doing the podcast actually last year and we were saying that in terms of the signings. There's no big expected players that we've brought in. We're just kind of, Bought in those kind of, um, I wouldn't say misfits, but kind of like, you know, Grafters. kind of just first graders. Yeah. You know? And but oh, then we, now we've turned them into, you know, to, into a champion team. Um, 
in that in that way, you know, everyone's stepping up and wanting to play for the coach or Web Lasso, whatever we want to, how you want to call it. But um, yeah, so it's um, I think we've got the structures in place for for players to come in now and just understand how they need to play, and just plus now they've got like the belief in how and what they need to do. On the uh, trying to say negative, maybe on the part of something we need to work on our uh, left side edge defence border uh, what's the go there bro so I guess Montoya is getting slammed for that quite a bit Montoya um, pumps as well but yeah I think it's not just as simple as you know the, the guys at the very end as well I think it starts in the middle and, and on the edge as well and I think it my assessment, and look, not even not a specialist at all, but uh, with Metcalf defending there, it's it's the the having to to check the play, check the runner as well, because you've got some big boys coming his way that traffic, so it holds them, and then it holds the other guys there as well, so they're having to kind of cover Metcalf, um, and obviously then they're you know they're playing it beautifully, and DC just could have unpicks that eh? yeah beautifully. Um, he got smashed as well for his um, for his for his you know his good fortune, but yeah, I think that that was probably the, the issue. And I guess if that's the case, then Monty's got to make a call earlier. Um, I know not everyone's a fan of the rush, but he can come in and cut that play down. But I think they try to do that, and Pompey would go to the wing, but the Saab is the Saab. <laughs> <laughs> He's the fastest man in the league. You know, he's the he's the fastest sub on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> Not saying yeah, much, he, but yeah, saying something. <laughs> yeah. So I think the, the plan was there, but it couldn't be executed because yeah, he was fucking electric, eh? So that's my uneducated view. They should do a promotional video with Jason Saab versus versus the sub. Which one do you want? <laughs> but yeah, to, to Dan's point, that try that was a, a kind of forward pass fell to the ground, landed in Saab's hands, Knock and then, yeah. And there was a knock on, but when they were doing the the roll through with the TV with the TV ref, you could see Metcalf's eyes looking in, and you could see the players outside of him noticing that he was sort of looking in. So Dan's one hundred percent right. I mean, it's smart play. I think I picked it last week as well. That would they would go down his side because he is still a rookie. He's still fairly green, and it's an coincidence that three tries a hat trick to Saab goes down his end with DC just toying with him. But, you know, he uh, there's a lot of flack going on online with Montoya and with um, with Pompey. But they're kind of taking Metcalf's lead and they're kind of trying to... They're having to sort of fill in for him for the sort of... I don't want to say mistakes, but just like learnings he's going through, his learning pains, his growing pains. I'm going to have to try back Metcalf in this one because I think it's as a unit... Like, yeah, but I've seen a lot of people just giving Metcalf shit online. And I'm like going, yeah, the week before, I think, you know, two weeks before that, he was playing great. Everyone's saying this and that. He's going to grow. But then we kind of forget, like, yes, he's growing. Same way, like, you know, Rocco Berry was. And then I think it's just that, you know, that left edge. It's probably just a communication thing. And Montoya, I mean, he made that choice to come in, yes. But, like, as a winger, you know, he, I would have thought the same way that DWZ makes those choices to come in or not. So, 
yeah, get your point, but I'm going to try to defend me a cuff in this one. He's, I thought he played some pretty good running uh, plays. And then, yeah, I, I just don't think it's kind of fair the same oh, way. Oh, no, I think Pompey they're just talking about defensively. Oh, no, I'm just saying yeah. my point of view, right? Yeah. That's, that's my point of view. So you guys have said that, but I'm just defending from my point that I think that Metcalf, I still think he offers a lot, but I think it's the whole shift in that left side. I think it's a number of things. Yeah, there's so, there's also some middle, yeah. you know, they when we had Richie Agar, Agar on, they talked about that lateral. Someone was saying get rid of Jackson Ford because he's just on the left side. Nah, nah. And that's ridiculous. Nah, he's an 80-minute 80, 80 man. They can adjust. And like, you know, in the second half showed it. And so, you know, if, I just think if Webster can show faith in them, um, all these other players, you know, like all, all the comments I see online about, you know, Montoya and all that stuff. Yeah, they didn't have a great game, but Webster can have faith in them. Why can't we, like, stick? You know, they've been winning. That's the number one thing they've been doing. But I think there's, there's something to learn every week. And I, it's not a, we're not making Metcalf a scapegoat purely just for his defensive um, mishaps for this game or maybe the game previously as well. Because his attack's been pretty solid as well. But I don't think it's any coincidence that the right-hand side, where SJ is tackling at 92%, um, is not really getting targeted because they're a well-oiled machine now on that right-hand side defense. It's no coincidence that, you know, the half playing two win from the wing on SJ's side uh, is doing really well. And then his center and his wing outside of him can take cues from him and defend really well. Whereas on the left-hand side... Yeah, but uh, on the wing, like when I, when I would play in the wing, you know, like sometimes you'd have to make that decision staying out or coming yeah, in. Yeah. And so sometimes that's, that's part yeah, of the role. I get that um, too. So I just think it's so tight. It's all, you know, it's everyone... That's the only problem though when you when you get held in the middle like that. And I think it's also the middles. You know, when we had Aga Aga on, he talked about that lateral movement. What's really important is those middles get out and shift out as well, mobile middles, because mm. they come in. And I think like, that if that the first try they scored, and it's probably on those talking points where we let the 12-year-old, or do I call him a 12-year-old, 9-year-old, <laughs> Jacob Barker, <You're> nine. looks <laughs> year 9, like looks yeah. 13, third form. Um, you know, he just sliced through that, right? And that was that was Adam not getting across, mm. you know. So I think, they're, you know, it's having that ruck dominance the ability for those middles to push out, they give confidence to the guys on the side, you know, outside them, and it just flows on. Mm. Um, but we're really good. And what we've been doing all season to teams is that SJ goes to the line, holds them, or Tohu goes to the line, holds them. SJ comes up, holds them, and you have all these guys holding. And next thing you know, you've got a three on two out the back. So it's kind of what, what we're doing to teams all year. They just us. Mm. I think there's deficiencies, but I think overall, we're still winning games, right? And I think we don't need to make any drastic oh, no, changes. No, no, no. I mean, Metcalf's just got to learn his game. I mean, SJ wasn't there probably back at his, at his age. I mean, SJ's defense last year was arguably laughable, but this year he's really come on and learned how to defend on, that, on his side of the field. And Metcalf will get there, but I think it's fair play to the opposition to target him because he is... They're going to go that way. They're going to go that way. He's the new kid on the block. Yeah, oh, yeah they've yeah. seen it. I mean, the same with Montoya. He's not reading yeah. well at all. Like I caught it like three weeks ago, you know he he's not he seems a bit off. But that's the whole but, like, thing. Though, Webster, when, when like, the read, yeah. you can't read because you you have to make a quick decision because that you know you're because what happens is they get caught in the middle and then you're you're he's in a two and one. So his, mm. so Montoya gets all the you know on the end of it because the try goes past him. He he get he gets all the stick right because he's had to make a call and like and I think 
throughout the year, there's been times where that's happened, but he's made a timing call and he's and he's taken out the the centre yeah. or the winger. You know, let's go. Cool. Oh, this is my opinion, right? Oh, oh yeah, we, yeah. What we're trying to say is that we don't want to get rid of Metcalf because that's just one side of the game that uh, there's a deficiency. But I think the upside for him and is that we've seen that is when he sniffs around balls, he's he's our mm. outlet, right? I guess it's the scene the online. This is like, man, just everyone chill. Like online, oh, everyone's just like, get rid of Jackson Ford, get rid of Metcalf, get get rid of Montoya. At the end of the day, we fucking won, you know? And so, you know, we've, we've got the chemistry there. We need to fix it up. It's probably more aimed at those other comments you see outside this forum. Um, oh, they're going to continue to like, do that even if we win the grand final. Yeah. <laughs> think about, think about last year. Fuck, you know? <laughs> But anyways, uh, gee, yeah. sorry. <laughs> we win the grand final, it would have been no thanks to oh, pomps. There's some yeah. some clown will yeah. say something like that, you know. It's just like there's there's just no pleasing you. But yeah, it's. I think Montoya had a sell of a season at the beginning of the season. He was he'll get yeah. back there. I mean, I, I often look at love. I should, I'll post him again. I love looking at all the different comments. There was one from Warriors NRL fanatics from a Tony Lovers, Jason Tomal, uh, Jason Dalmalolo bringing his dog out for his two hundred and fiftieth. Was the best better than bringing your fucking kids? Like, guys are just rude, like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's just what? those guys are just constantly gonna have bad chat and hate chat, yeah. yeah, just hate. Yeah. yeah, not in this yeah. podcast, not in this Facebook group. No, that's, no, that's right. right. Um, does, does anyone else like when when you see a defense getting played right, and cramming in or you know sliding out? Does anyone else think of the accordion, like the musical instrument? <laughs> like, you know, you're kind of trying to play the accordion, jam it in, and get them out wide. Anyway, sorry. Okay, weird Al. As I say, I'm off into a I'm off into a weird space today. But uh, we went up 16-6 in the first half, and everything looked pretty good. But then, you know, what sort of what sort of happened in that middle section of the game? What what did, you know what sort of went wrong that put us behind the eight ball? I mean, as I said before, Manly chanced a few things. That I quite like that kickoff they did when uh, Neil mm. Kore spilled it. Oh, that's a hard, in the wet conditions, you know. That was you know, a great kick. It's a hard kick to defend, eh? I was thinking, oh, maybe we'll, we'll do that. So they did that. Mm. Um, so they just chanced a few things, and then they were rolling forward quite well. You know, they're big, they got a big forward pack too. So I always, and why I had that weird calm thing is like, you know, we hadn't made one interchange in the first half, right, you know. And Dills Walker could play, you know, big minutes. So, um, but there was a period of time that those things they tried kind of came off. We um, either lost ball, turned ball over in certain areas as well. Um, so it was just a combination of things. And then, you know, they just picked us apart um, on that on that edge as well. So I guess it was a thing I was thinking, yeah, can A, can they sustain that level? And then B, Will we have a response because we, you know, we, we we tend to be good in the last twenty. Hmm. And I mean, to be fair, the response was good, especially again, the game got tight. The big boys in our team just, you know, took control and said, "Right, we're gonna we're gonna sort this out and we're we're gonna get this win." Um, actually, I'm I am thinking about more innovations on the kickoffs as well. I've always thought it'd be a great idea because you know, they if if you have a uh, a de- you know, a defender, shall we say, and the other team standing right on the 10-meter mark. Have teams ever thought of just kicking it really low and hard right at the guy's nuts just to 
bounce, <laughs> you know, so the the longest yard type of um, play. Hey, but, um, that's the guy. Yeah. <laughs> 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 if you kick it hard enough, man, that's going to be a hard one to stop. Um, yeah. Anyways. Um, now, Isaac, uh, you know, what, what are we now? Six, six wins in a row? That's... This is pretty rarefied air. Are we, are we, let's see, are we getting too carried away or are we maybe not getting carried away enough? I think the fandom is uh, just jumping on board. I don't want to say we're getting carried away because we've got good reason to celebrate because we had two years of the COVID era just absolutely kill us as fans. So we're not getting carried away. Um, I think we deserve it. And I think the Warriors as a as a team are probably not getting carried away either i mean all the talk is they just look at every game uh, as just another game they take it one step at a time they they're thinking that they haven't made the finals yet you know or that's the the talk they just want to approach every game as an opportunity to get two points um but yeah if you want to get carried away with six wins in a row i'm not going to hold it against you either because it's fucking amazing (laughs) it's so good can I just say, like, the consistency through the middle part of the season is the reason why we're here. And you look at all these other teams, we'll get to that, right, um, scrapping it out. You know, they're playing some great footy, but, you know, they're short a couple of wins, right? And they had little dip periods. And I, we just haven't really had a dip. You know, obviously, we probably had a we had a tough start, but we had a, we had a tough start to the season with our draw. Um, and, no, yeah, it's just the rewards, right? You know, we had a, a softer back end of it and you know we're getting the wins we also seem to do really well when we get into these tight games where we don't actually have a heck of a lot of ball and that was another pleasing thing i, I think against that uh the game against manly on friday uh, sorry say that again um I, I, I can hear uh oh. your son <laughs> oh, current... oh, poor yeah dude. someone's in there that's so cute. Oh, I was just like going, oh, oh it's so sorry. That's so cute. <laughs> sorry, I, got, uh, I, I didn't even listen to your question. I was just like, oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. Baby Cronin. I, I yeah. think that's uh, I think that's his older cousin, actually. Oh, yeah. He's about it. <laughs> I know the distinction oh, wow. now between the different sounds. Um, yeah, Moneta, the, the fact that we were able to, to beat Manly, to overturn the hoodoo, the team that's handed over us, but we didn't really have a heck of a lot of the ball as well. That, how pleasing is that from uh, Andrew Webster's perspective? I think it's the sharp adjustment at, in the second half. You know, they were able to, you know, rectify those deficiencies that we spoke about. Um, you know, so I think just the way they kind of went about it um, was really good. And back to Daniel's point, you know, Sean Johnson, you know, bloody showed that composure required to really just kind of grind it out rather than, you know, let's play crazy, chase some football. And so, um, yeah, and actually, yeah, right, it's that whole, they felt, they looked calm in the second half, even though they were behind. And um, that's, again, this is something that, you know, I don't think we would have seen in the Warriors of the old. Um, but, um, yeah, that was, it was it was really good. It was pleasing to see. And uh, But, yeah, uh, it makes me still nervous for next week, St. George. Um, I don't think any game is an easy game now. Mm. Uh, St. George put up a pretty good fight against the Storm, I think. Mm. Was it the mm. Storm? Um, yeah, they lost about, just about 10 points. And they, I watched the first half. They looked pretty good. Um, but again, what sets the top tiers to the bottom tiers is those little little errors that um, 
even when I saw the Bulldogs versus the Raiders, the Bulldogs were looking pretty good, but against the Raiders, the Raiders are bad to me, but the Bulldogs just, like, there's those basic errors. Um, that's why they're kind of at the bottom of the table. Mm. But, Can I just yeah. point out one thing with, with Shawnee? Because obviously one of the things they were doing is, and teams are doing now, they're trying to jam him, eh? Mm. You know, so they know that he obviously is the key to unlocking the outsides and they're starting to jam him. And look, the near quarter try, you know, might just look like a simple kind of cut in, big hole opens up. And, and Garrick obviously was done, you know, broken ribs, knee, whatever, he was gone. But it's actually quite, <coughs> I thought, quite smart because I don't know who it was, but whoever he laid off to near quarter chased him, overran mm. him. And tried to because they were trying to put pressure on him and pushed him and opened up this massive gap. And I mean, near Corday is quick enough, but even if it, even you know he was he was clear as well. But even if he had to, he would have busted through that. Um, and it just goes to show, look, if they're gonna jam outside like that, we're gonna have to play unders where we can. Um, and that's where I want like a Metcalf, right? Like if he if a, a near Corday makes that gap and you have someone running out the middle, you know that's that's where we're gonna have to be because. I think the teams are working out that they just need to come and race up to Shawnee. Because um, I don't know what, what it was in particular, but when Dallin scored that last try in the corner, he wasn't happy. He wasn't happy about something. And I think it was because it was he got rushed hard. Um, I, don't, I wonder whether he got hit late or That's something. That's right. But he, he was, yep. wasn't happy about it. And maybe was someone happy, yeah. was running or something. But it felt like to me, I don't know you guys felt like, it was like fucking hot potato away. Like the, the chance was on, but it had to be pinpoint and I don't and most of the year we've not had to have that much pressure. That makes mm. sense. You know, Dallin's been over in the corner mm. twenty one times. Um might I add and missed the first six games. Um <laughs> but yeah he something yeah sort of wasn't right for Shawnee. He wasn't happy about that. Yeah. Yeah. Isaac, do you think that maybe the team at times maybe struggles with playing with a bit of expectation on their shoulders? No, I think they're kind of used to it now. I, I think, I, I think any sort of expectation from you know outside sources is just water off a duck's back for them. To be honest, they just don't seem that phased. I mean, they're just pretty honest. They honestly assess their own performances, and you know, I'm sure there must be a little bit of of weight on their shoulders with expectation, but it doesn't seem like it's getting to them. I mean, they. It's not like they're trying to change the wheel every week and change their game plan for something that's yeah. not working to something that is. They're just very consistent, you know. Um, you know what you're going to get out of them week in, week out. And I guess for a team, that must be a really good feeling knowing that they're not having to figure shit out. They already know what they've got to do. they just got to make it work on the field so they don't expect anything, you know. They can also make changes like they'll try something, kind of go off the boil a little bit. And then come back halftime, you know, money to see it. Adjust. You know, adjust. And then go, oh, go back to what works. Mm. You know, a few games have tried to go wide early. And we've said you've got to fucking earn, earn up the middle first before you can go wide. You know, the classic cliche. Eh? Um, and then they readjust. So, yeah, you're right. I mean, it must be really pleasing just to kind of know, I do my job, you do your job, you do your job. And, you know, nine times out of ten will win a game. Uh, the New South Wales Cup has also been uh, pretty topsy-turvy um, all season, really. Uh, and that continued on the weekend with the Warriors going down to the, uh, the Sea Eagles. So now they're sitting in third spot uh, with one game to go, I believe. So 
Uh, basically, that's pretty tight. They're they're in third spot on thirty one points. Raiders are fourth spot on thirty one points, and then there's two teams behind them uh, on thirty. Um, so it's it's all pretty jammed uh, at the top of the ladder. So they're going to need to bounce back uh, in their game next week. Uh, I think that's against the Dragons. Yes, it is. Yeah, against the Dragons. Um, oh, that's in Sydney as well. Okay, interesting, interesting stuff. Still great going um, to be third. You know, that's yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> amazing. Well, I mean, it's 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 interesting. Like, I mean, geez, if um, potentially if <laughs> they could end up, you know, back in like sixth or seventh by the end of next week if, if things don't pan out for them. So, uh, it's it's those are the sort of razor thin kind of margins. In the New South Wales Cup, you know, so it's, it's pretty um, interesting stuff. So I hope they hope they can bounce back and get it done. Um, Isaac, um, are you able to uh, bring us this week's uh, Greg Spence uh, exceptional stuff, uh, the uh, expense account? Yes, I can. I was just bringing you that up now. And it's a, it's a doozy, I reckon. Uh, the Warriors are now seven wins from eight games on Friday night so far in 2023. So Friday night. They're the hottest ticket in town. I love it. Friday it's a night place lights. to be. Bring on Friday night lights. Friday night lights. <laughs> Great call. Uh, DWZ just needs one more try to tie David Fusatua for most tries in a regular season for the club. Two more tries will bring him level with both uh, Fusatua and Fr- <laughs> Francois Melly, Francis Melly, for the Francois. season record <laughs> of uh, 23 tries. Old Francis Brent, uh, Brent Tate Killer Melly. Uh, <laughs> uh, it appears that the most tries by Kiwi in a season is also 23 and is jointly held with Nigel Wagner, Jordan Marapana, and Curtis, Curtis Rona. Melbourne's oh, wow. Was he? No, Curtis Rona was. Might have been. Remember. Oh, was he Raiders? Bulldogs? No, Bulldogs. Bulldogs. Yeah, Bulldogs. Bulldogs. He was Bulldogs, mm. went, to the, went to Melbourne, I think, for a bit, and then he went to Super Rugby. I'm not going to lie. I kind of confuse him a bit with Remus Smith at times in my own head. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, and uh, one more thing about um, the expense. Oh, from the expense account. And this is about Bunty Afoa. Uh, much debate surrounds Bunty Afoa's defensive versus offensive contributions. Against Manly, um, the team scored three tries while he was on the field and conceded just one. Uh, when that stretched out across all his minutes for the season, they've scored 18 and conceded 27 tries when he's been involved. So, and how many minutes did he get in the in the game? He got 30 minutes? Seven, up front? 17. 17? Yeah, he's got the first stint, so not much. That's yeah. his role, though, when he's he's there. He's, he's the opener. Um, also, I'm not sure if they still have it these days, but uh, I do remember that his Wikipedia um, uh, write-up was uh, <laughs> a particularly special one. Uh, yeah. Probably not going to mention it here, but um, if you want to check it out, is it about Johnson? Feel free. <laughs> yes, there's a there's a theory as to uh, why he has the nickname Bunty. Anyways, Johnson. <laughs> BDA. He needs a big now, chin. Um, <laughs> so we're uh, we're going back to um, yeah, we're going back to Go Media Stadium um, against the Dragons on uh, I believe it's Friday. Yep. Yeah, another interesting game. Moneta, we saw in the game between the the Dragons and the Storm that you know there's there's always teams capable of of doing stuff on their any given you know day of the week. Um, what do you think the Dragons are going to be throwing at us uh, on on Friday night? Oh, everything. 
the kitchen sink, just like they have they did against the storm. I thought um Jim Hunt played pretty well. Um seemed to be leading he look he's bloody quick too. Could I give him that but, um but yeah, I think it's just a lot of like I think just that old cliche, right? We're just gonna stick to the basics against uh Saint George and just really just grind it out rather than just um yeah. And just fix up our defence, yeah. Just in terms of our uh you know, left edge. Um if I can show what they showed in the second half, um, you know, and then improve from that. Yeah, we can let we can definitely you know, I think the good thing is that we can actually score points. So we can actually score points and uh last year we scored jack shit in terms of points. <laughs> jack was, you know, shit. I remember we get to the ten and we looked lost. Remember? Last I remember we just couldn't year. score any chance. But now 30, 30 points average on at every game. Um, so um, so it's probably just fixing up that left edge in the defense there. So hopefully they'll be grinding that out in training this week. Tell you what, if uh, you're a first-time listener to this podcast, may pay to jump back to season two and have a listen to a couple of those episodes. There's some pretty pretty cynical takes on uh, any number of things um, during those those very dark days. Man, we actually had a lot of uh, laughs around the, that time as well, but possibly just borderline uh, uh, insanity. But If you weren't laughing, you were crying? <laughs> yeah, that was I remember the moment yeah. we didn't talk about the game that much. We were just like, fuck this wasn't, shit. Wasn't there an episode where we were talking about someone taking a dump on someone's chest? There was. Was that the game where we, like, the Sharks only had 12 players? Oh, that's the worst game we've ever played in the last year of our game, mate. Yeah, that yeah. was... That was we. No, they had eleven at one stage. At one stage, yeah. and they outstripped us for numbers. And we turned up to chat, and we were just like, eh, okay. "So what are we talking about, boys?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I vividly recall a a Dragons game when um, Corey Norman fucking dropped a golden point winner, and I was like, "That guy is fucking terrible," <laughs> and and we were winning that game. And we, yeah, kind of, we just, yeah, can't even speak, mate. It was that bad. <laughs> we were filthy. I think that really, my, that was party at Paul Vaughan's as well. Party at Paul Vaughan's. They went partying after because they beat the Warriors. They were fucking super lucky to beat us. Yeah. And, you know. The we, monster, uh, AKA, Jack DeBellin under the bed, wasn't yeah. it? That's <laughs> right. We, we clinched, right. Uh, what is it? You know, we, well, we had to win that to stay really in touch and then yeah Isaac what do you what do you want to see what's, what's if you can pick one thing actually you're Sostradamus let's ask you this question if there's one thing that you foresee for us this coming Friday what is it I foresee the dragons going down our left hand edge defense again uh with um who's the fullback for them sloan Um, Sloan. he's got gas but they're going to try too hard and the warriors defense will have shaped up on that edge like they you know you would have you'd have marcelo and you'd have uh prmp and metcalf just sitting in the room together and just hashing it out and they'll have that defense sorted and the dragons will be okay well that hasn't worked now what and they'll score bugger all points i reckon that's my Sausage call. I reckon we actually run over the Dragons because they are not great this season. They'll be picking their offense to be on that left-hand side of the field 
with us on defense, and it's not going to work. Okay. Well, yeah. I'm very happy with that uh, that prediction. I hope it. 100% hope it comes true because um, yeah, it will certainly help us. I know that we're. I think in terms of the the table, we're we're still a win ahead of Melbourne, right? So if we can get mm. another win, then we're pretty sweet, roughly. Yeah. Or yeah, it would be sweet for top. Yeah, one win of two. Mm. We're yeah. pretty because they're still going to play Brisbane, right? The Storm are going to play Brisbane, I think. Yeah, it must Ooh, be so. last round. Um, yeah, we just need one more win to lock in top four, but we're pretty much yeah. And the last one more win will get. Third. Who have Penrith got in the, in the last two games? Oh, I think they got like Tigers, uh, Cowboys. The Panthers have the Eels and the Cowboys. Eels and the Cowboys. So if they get an upset there, either one of those teams against the the Pennies, and we win all of our games, could we potentially slot second? We're, I think we're still no. too behind it. Uh, points differential. No, I think. Uh, okay, yeah. so we would equal them on points, but our points D. Yeah, too yeah. far Panthers gone. Three hundred and fifteen. They are just elite. They just don't give. They don't leak points. Elite, so we mate. just need a couple of hundred and fifty point hidings for the last two games. And we'll be, we'll be yeah. sweet. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, there's another one thing you have to watch out for. Is now the Sharks. They're looking good. Well, and the Newcastle, Newcastle Knights, Knights, those mate. two teams. Mm. Yeah, Newcastle, Newcastle Knights and Sharks. Everyone, everyone um, yeah. just well, all the media just all of a sudden completely wrote off the Sharks, and I thought it was a bit irrational. So did I. Um, might be many. <laughs> they've just bloody yeah. Your your former second favorite team have uh, come pretty good in the last uh, uh, last little while. Uh, we as a Facebook group have actually come pretty good as well, uh, celebrating. Uh, the 1K, we've gone over the 1,000 mark. So congratulations, guys. That's a uh, that's a good one. Was there um was there somebody doing massive networking for us across different Facebook groups? Lancelot. Yeah, yeah. Was it? Yeah, our Lancelot. boy. He, he got us 100 members in one week. Far out. Yeah, he's been pushing he, it hard. Is right? he based in Germany or? Yes, he is. So Lance Muyava, uh, good man, fan of the show. He's in by the looks of it on his Facebook. Half Krug. In Germany, um, that leads stronghold. Oh, absolutely! And not only is he a bloody awesome bloke, um, met him at the um, at the Napier game. Uh, he was over for a month and went to heaps of games. He's just a he's a he is literally a day one um, and he's a, a collector of vintage league gear. So he check, is out, yeah. check out his socials. Yeah. Oh, he's got some crackers. Yep. I'm just looking Whoa. at one now. It's one of, one of the. Can't maybe quite quite see it, but oh, it's the starter Stardew. jacket version. Uh, how cool is that? Look yeah. out! First you flip yeah. the hat, then you squeeze <laughs> the hat, <laughs> then you see yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no. uh, Sir Lancelot, Sir Lancelot, the man. Thank you, bro. Oops, the vars in in Germany. Oops, um, <laughs> wunderbar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a cool voice. Uh, well, uh, yeah, we've we've somehow made it through. I mean, obviously, you guys are going to make it through. I had no idea if I was going to make this through still awake, but uh, we've made it through the episode. And uh, big game coming up on Friday night. Of course, we are Warriors Anonymous on Facebook. Yeah, you win key. Keep keep on going. Keep sharing it around. Uh, we're also on um, Instagram, Twitter, Threads. Oh, wait, has Twitter changed its name X. as well? Exhibit. Oh. What do you do my name when I come around? X. X. <laughs> See, I'll top of a man from the underground. Oh, underground. 
Hey, that's good. X. I like that. <laughs> Very good. X. Um, and you can check us out on YouTube uh, or on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you like. Play us. Like and subscribe because, um, yeah, your support is, uh, is bloody awesome. So we will uh, we'll jump on out of here. My name is Jerry Cronin. On behalf of Moneta Sauce, Isaac Sauce, and Daniel Fodakota, this has been Warriors Anonymous as we go to take on the Dragons. Celebration sort of week. and Hopefully next weekend is, as well. So I'm going to leave you with uh, – <laughs> there's a few people around here, to be honest. The fire note. Yeah. I, I don't know. If, I actually don't know if Bubba's still asleep or through this whole thing or not, but I'm just going to do it quite muted. So uh, – Let's just do it gently. Up the wires. Oops the vars. And <laughs> also go the warriors. Oops the vars. Oops the vars. Go the warriors. Oops the warriors. Where?